everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Prep for Impact, a new podcast from the Green Beret Foundation. I'm your host, Matt Parrish, and today's going to be a little bit different episode. Uh, today's going to be shorter. Uh, this one's just going to be an intro. Uh, I want a chance to just talk without a guest for this first one, tell you a little bit about what we're trying to do with this show, why we're doing it, what's the name mean, you know, what my background is, who I am, and uh, a little bit about what you can expect. And then also want to be able to talk a little bit about why I chose to partner with the Green Beret Foundation for this podcast. So first off, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for hitting download. Thank you for hitting play on this thing. I know in this current world, there's a million podcasts and there's a million other things that you could do your t- use your time. Uh, and so I appreciate you being on the ground floor of this project with us. Uh, whether you're listening to this as it drops or whether you're listening to this uh, years in the future and going back and finding out, uh, you know, sort of first episodes. In either case, I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I think... What I've really learned uh, and and found valuable from podcasting is the opportunity to hear perspectives uh, from high-performing people, and that's what we want to be able to get out of this podcast. Uh, For just about every episode, I'll have a guest or a couple of guests, and it'll be an authentic conversation going back and forth on their trials and triumphs and how they've approached different things. Uh, You know, the the Prep for Impact name uh, centers around two main things. Uh, you know, I believe that our lives are judged by the impact that we make. Uh, you know, what impact do we make on our communities, on our families, on the world around us? And how can we prepare ourselves to make the best impact and move, uh, you know, all of those different spheres of influence into a positive direction? And so that's part of the reason that we call it Prep for Impact. But the other thing I think our lives are judged on is how we recover and come back from taking an impact. You know, uh, life's going to knock us down. We're going to have things, whether it's injury, illness, wounds, bankruptcy, uh, you know, bad relationship, whatever it is, there are going to be times where, you know, we get kicked down and, you know, we're going to fail. There are going to be things that uh, that we take an impact on. But I think part of what makes us successful and how we're judged is uh, how well we're able to come back from taking one of those impacts. So I think in both of those cases, there's a lot we can learn from others' perspective and from other people that have gone through either making an impact and and becoming super successful in their career field or coming back from taking an impact and showing resilience. You know, this, uh, you know, this, podcast is sponsored and brought to you by the Green Beret Foundation, but it's not only going to be Green Berets that we hear from, right? There's a ton of different opportunity to learn from different people that we can compare and contrast the resiliency, the uh, mindset, the perspective of other high performers, as well as uh, comparing and contrasting across different special operations careers. So what you can expect from this podcast is, again, honest conversation, authentic, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes to what some of these amazing people are thinking or have gone through and what were their thought processes to either overcome something, you know, whether it's losing a leg and going back into combat or whether it's, you know, being cut from, you know, a football team and being able to work your way back up to being in the NFL or whether it's coming back from a bankruptcy in the 08 collapse and now running a very successful business. These are all things that I I want to learn 
from the actual people that were able to come back from those things, uh, what their thought processes were, what their foundational, uh, you know, faith, what their foundational uh, work ethic was that brought them to ultimate success on that. Right. And so, uh, you know, I want to run through really quickly, uh, you know, uh, one of the things with podcasts or I believe that if you listen to a podcast, you sort of end up in a, in a trusting relationship with the host. Basically, you, you trust that whoever that host brings on and whatever that conversation is, that it's worth your time. You trust that the host has your best interest as the listener at heart and that he or she is choosing guests and, and steering the conversation so that it's worth your time, right? And so in these right about an hour episodes that we're going to release every two weeks uh, for Prep for Impact, I want you to know what my background is so that you understand where I'm coming from and why I ask some questions maybe a little bit differently or come at it from a different perspective than some of the other podcasts you may uh, listen to, right? So my background is uh, obviously as a Green Beret, as you might uh, expect if you don't know who I am, but I'm hosting a podcast for the Green Beret Foundation. You might expect that, right? I spent 20 years uh, in in special forces, in special operations, and just retired uh, earlier this year. And I'm actually on terminal leave right now as we uh, as we record these things. So I'm finishing up a 20 year, a little bit over 20 year career in special operations. You know, I joined, uh, I grew up in Georgia and uh, I joined in the, you know, kind of wake of 9-11. And at the time they had a, uh, a, a new program out called the 18 X-ray program of sort of the SF babies or special forces babies, where you could sign up for a shot to go straight through straight to special forces selection and assessment. And uh, whereas you used to have to go to the regular army and spend two to four years sort of learning how to be a soldier before you could go try out to be a Green Beret. Prep for Impact is proudly brought to you by the Green Beret Foundation. The Green Beret Foundation takes a holistic approach to prioritize the well-being of Green Berets, their families, caregivers, and survivors. Green Beret Foundation's programs focus on nurturing the U.S. Army Special Forces community's mind, body, and spirit. Their five pillars of support work together to empower the Special Forces community to achieve their full potential in service to our country. Living lives of honor, dignity, and purpose. Visit GreenBeretFoundation.org for more information. Spec Ops Tools has two missions, developing the highest performing hand tools available and supporting the men and women who serve our nation. They employ veterans, support veteran philanthropic events, and donate revenue from every sale to veteran service organizations that make a real impact. Go check out Spec Ops Tools today at specopstools.com. But I joined on, uh, on an 18 X-ray contract in sort of the first year that that was available and was uh, lucky and blessed enough to be able to go through and go through selection and assessment and go through our whole qualification course and ultimately earn my Green Beret. You know, it takes about two years to do that. So the first two years of my career were spent, uh, you know, earning the Green Beret, earning the Special Forces tab, and then ultimately being assigned to 7th Special Forces Group, which at the time was at Fort Bragg uh, and later moved to Eglin Air Force Base in the Panhandle of Florida. Uh, you know, over the course of the, my next 13 years uh, on a team, 
uh, an SFODA or an operational detachment alpha or 12 person team, I was able to stay on different teams for over 13 years. And I got an awesome opportunity to not only do a lot of different missions and deploy and see a lot of different places, uh, but also to attend a ton of different advanced schools, whether that was military free fall, Halo school, Halo jump master, sniper school, our advanced uh, special forces uh, target reconnaissance and exploitation course, which is just really, really high level room clearing, uh, advanced special operations techniques, all these different things that the Army uh, gave me the awesome opportunity to be able to go and uh, and go to these training and being able to uh, successfully complete Ranger school and all of these different things gave me an opportunity to have a really well-rounded um, view of special forces. And there at about, you know, two years in the course and then 13 years on a team working my way up from the newest guy up to ultimately being a team sergeant in charge of one of those 12 person teams uh, for about three years. I had the opportunity to compete and take a job here at SOCOM headquarters, Special Operations Command, uh, as the headquarters first are for about 4000 people here. Special Operations Command is the higher headquarters, the four star command for all special operations across uh, the Department of Defense and the U.S. military. Doesn't matter if you're talking Navy SEALs, Army Green Berets, Rangers, uh, psychological operations, Air Force pararescue or uh, combat controllers, uh, Marine uh, special operators uh, called Raiders. They all, the pinnacle of all of those units comes up to SOCOM. And so I had an awesome opportunity uh, for two years and then ended up staying for another three years as I was battling through some injuries uh, to be able to be at this really high level uh, headquarters and work with a ton of different uh, special operations folks. And it gave me a really good perspective of some of the cool comparison and contrast across these different communities. As you can imagine, if you're not from our community, uh, there's a lot of rivalry that goes on uh, back and forth between whether it's from the Green Berets to the SEALs or to the Rangers or to the Raiders or to the Air Force Pararescue. There's a lot of rivalry. There's a lot of jokes. Uh, there's a lot of fun poking back and forth. Uh, but it gave me a really good appreciation being at that level uh, of the amazing men and women that we have serving our country uh, across special operations. You know, SOCOM has about 70,000 special operations soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and now guardians, uh, as long as well as civilians, uh, you know, stationed around the world, oftentimes in over 100 countries at any given time. And I was blessed over the course of that 20 year career to always be surrounded by the most incredible people uh, in the world people that were stronger than me, faster than me, smarter than me, better at whatever task it was. And it was the honor of my life to just try to keep up with them and try to be a good teammate. And so that gave me an awesome opportunity uh, to have a lot of different connections, which I hope to be able to bring and highlight uh, on this podcast. You know, towards the end of my career, when I was here at Special Operations Command here in Tampa, Florida, um, I was doing some narrating and some uh, things for our parachute team where we sort of go out and uh, do these aerial demonstrations, whether it's at a football game or an air show or uh, some other kind of sporting event. And I was having the awesome opportunity to be able to narrate for these crowds of hundreds of thousands of people uh, to sort of to show a little bit of the determination and the precision and all of the you know techniques and skill it takes to be a special operator in today's uh, you know SOCOM enterprise. And along that same time, uh, SOCOM decided that they wanted to start a podcast, their first official podcast, and. Uh, 
I was uh, I was approached by uh, kind of the co-creator, uh, Sergeant Major Teresa Coble, who was the public affairs uh, senior enlisted leader at the time. And she brought it to me. And at first I was really hesitant. As most of you know, um, our community prides itself on being what we call quiet professionals, right? We operate uh, quietly in the shadows doing uh, the nation's bidding and not looking for any sort of shine or any sort of publicity or anything like that, right? And so uh, prior to being on the parachute team and prior to then being on the podcast, I didn't have anything on social media. Uh, You know, it wasn't something that uh, uh, to me, uh, our careers are an honor and there was no fanfare or any sort of media needed uh, to be able to thank us for our service or anything like that. Right. Um, but as I was approached for the podcast, I initially, as I said, was a little bit, um, hesitant to do it. And as I realized, uh, there had been a lot of sort of black eyes to the community. There had been a lot of these different, um, either scandals or investigations and different things, uh, where there were a lot of arrows being thrown at special operations from the outside. And we continued to say, hey, those people, they don't, they don't represent us. We have the best people in the world. We have amazing people at all levels of special operations that are the best Americans you could ever meet, hardest working, best teammates, ethical, moral, all these things. And those people that are just some bad apples, right? And it got put to me a couple of different times. Well, you know, if you say those folks don't represent you, but you never show us who does represent you. You just tell us, hey, there's all these great people. Uh, you know, it's very hard for us to not think that those people are, you know, are representative of the community, right? And so we got to this point with, uh, with SOCOM's podcast called Softcast, where our hope was that we could show some of the amazing people that we had, still maintain some quiet professionalism and not showing any sort of tactics or any of our, any of our tradecraft or any of the secrets behind all these things, but to show a little bit of the human side. You know, we have these tenets that we live by in special operations called soft truths. And the first one is that humans are more important than hardware, right? People over things. Doesn't matter how amazing or technologically advanced we are, we need incredible people to be at that decision point and make the right decisions and influence uh, other partners to make the right decisions at the right times as well. And so it was a unique opportunity to be able to show a few of those people to shine just a small light, again, maintaining quiet professionalism, but not silent professionalism. It was an opportunity to be able to shine a light on some of the exemplars of our community. And that is one of the things that I want to carry through into this podcast. Um, there were times uh, on Softcast where we maybe went away from that and did more of a highlight of a certain type of job or different things like that. But ultimately, my goal with that show and my goal now with this show is to really capture some of the amazing things behind some of the incredible people that we have serving. Now, again, for this podcast, it's a little bit different because we're not going to refine our guests uh, solely to Special Forces or Green Berets uh, or even just to the special operations community. I think there's two opportunities uh, here with Prep for Impact. One, it's to be able to shine a light on Green Berets and other special operations things to an audience of folks that don't know about them right now. And I think there's an opportunity for us to, you know, for me to have Green Berets and others as guests 
and to talk about the amazing people we have in special forces. And I'll get into that a little bit later. Of, uh, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased as a special forces guy, but the amazing Swiss Army knives and and uh, you know physical and cognitive specimens that we have that are doing amazing work across the world uh, on behalf of the United States of America. So I think there's that opportunity, and then being able to shine a light on what the Green Beret Foundation does for our community. But then I think there's also another opportunity to be able to talk to some other folks that may have had com- you know similar uh, experiences, albeit in completely different fields, and bring those lessons back to Green Berets and other special operators so that they can learn from people in professional sports or in the nonprofit world or in the traditional conventional military or in business and all of these other things where some of the same concepts that we talked about earlier on Prep for Impact, they've also had to go through uh, trials and tribulations and they've also had to figure out how they were going to prepare themselves to make an impact in their community, to make an impact on their families, to make an impact on the world around them, and also how to come back from taking an impact. As I said, it's not just getting shot or having your leg blown off or all these other things. We can learn a lot of things from people who are pushing themselves to climb a mountain, are pushing themselves to uh, you know, try to um, qualify for the Olympics, or trying to climb the ladder and uh, you know make impactful products that are not only going to be profitable, but are really going to take care of people. Uh, there's just a ton of opportunity to be able to compare and contrast special forces and special operations and Green Beret uh, you know, experience, along with high achieving professionals uh, and, and high character professionals from other places across the world uh, and across these different industries. So that's really one of the key things that, uh, that we want to be able to get uh, across with this. I'll throw out as well, some of you are here because you may have listened to Softcast and uh, you want to check out Prep for Impact, and I appreciate that. Some of you, uh, you may have stumbled across, up across this from some sort of promo uh, or whatever reason you may have been here. And there's a, a good amount of you probably that are here because you may have followed the meme page that I have anonymously run for the last about three years. It's called Another SF Meme Page. And I ran it anonymously because I didn't want it to be a distraction. And I didn't want anyone to uh, to use that to have any sort of distraction towards uh, you know, a real career or have any leaders that were having to be sort of sidelined. But I also found, uh, you know, when I started, uh, which is now the largest special forces meme page on Instagram with uh, you know a little over 55,000 followers right now. Um, you know, when I first started, I thought I would have it for a weekend, right? I, I made a couple memes. I was following a lot of meme pages. It was the beginning of COVID. I made this uh, page because I wanted to make a couple jokes and I put a couple of them up and I assumed like, I think it was like a Friday and uh, I was like, okay, uh, I'll probably delete it by Monday, right? And so COVID started started to spin a little bit. And I think this was in January or February of 19 and, uh, or maybe 20. And, uh, you know, I, I just started enjoying like back and forth with some of the other folks in the community. And I was like, oh, I'll keep it for a little while. You know, the, the whole world shut down kind of thing. And it started to snowball a little bit and it's just fun. You know, it's kind of the same thing as team room humor, right? It's almost like back in the day when you would get done with a, a school or a course, they would do skits, right? And you sort of uh, you know, make fun of the instructors or make fun of other, uh, you know, uh, students or, or classmates, whatever else. And it's all in good fun. You know, some of it's a little more brash than maybe uh, some folks from outside the military be used to. 
but that's our humor, right? There's a lot of gallows humor. There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, kind of just fun stuff that you would hear in a team room. Most tool companies try to be everything to everyone, but the result is just okay. That is why Spec Ops Tools focuses on two main goals, designing and building the best hand tools available and supporting veterans in every capacity they can. You can have the most elite hand tools while doing good for veterans nationwide with Spec Ops Tools. Check them out today at specopstools.com. Hey everyone, life is full of transitions, and one of the toughest transitions for our Special Forces soldiers and their families is the transition from active duty to civilian life. The Green Beret Foundation's next Ridgeline Transition Support exists to help Green Berets and their families navigate the VA disability claims process and more. For more information, visit greenberetfoundation.org slash transition support. And so I started doing that, and then in, uh, in March, I uh, had the opportunity, I saw some other um, pages from different kind of communities doing sort of tournaments, right? And uh, pitting kind of pages against each other in these meme tournaments that everybody would vote on the winners. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a fun thing to do. So I decided to bring it to uh, this new mill meme community, this military meme community. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. Uh, I just all of a sudden made this 64-page bracket and posted it and started tagging all the team, you know, all the pages and saying, hey, we're running this tournament. And uh, it exploded, right? Because it was COVID. It was the perfect opportunity. Everybody like needed to, a diversion. Everybody needed to laugh. And uh, it started gaining a lot of traction. It was getting a lot of impressions and all those things and, and a lot of views. And I started thinking, like, how can I use this for good, right? Other than it just being a fun thing, like, what else could we do? And so I was like, huh. I, you know, I wonder if I could get some of these businesses who want uh, to have their product advertised in front of uh, some of these, uh, you know, people that are looking at this tournament. I wonder if I could get them to donate to charity uh, in order to, quote unquote, have a sponsorship. Right. And uh, again, this is uh, anonymously. None of them knew who I was. And uh, I wanted to make sure that I didn't touch a dime of it. Right. So uh, basically I said, hey, if you want to, quote unquote, sponsor the tournament, donate to one of these two charities. At the time, it was Hunter Seven Foundation and Special Ops Warrior Foundation. And I said, you know, donate to them. Send me a screenshot of your receipt and I'll shout you out as a thank you uh, during the tournament. And so I think that first uh, tournament, we raised like five thousand dollars or something like that. And I was like, man, that's super cool. Uh, you know, doing this meme tournament, we were we were that yeah, we raised five thousand dollars for charity. Uh, Hunter Seven does a lot of medical um, information, does a lot of cancer screening, does a lot of advocacy uh, for uh, a lot of the issues that we're seeing uh, across our force at the tail end of twenty thousand or twenty years of war, right? And so it was cool to be able to support them and also be able to support Special Ops Warrior Foundation, who provides um, they provide college tuition to the children of killed in action and killed in training special operators, right? So there's hard to be much more noble of a cause than to take care of the kids left behind from the guys and gals in special operations who've been killed uh, in war and training. So we were able to provide a little bit of support for them. I thought it was pretty cool, uh, you know, continue to just, you know, have some fun, make some jokes, uh, enjoy the community, build some camaraderie. 
And then uh, October came up and decided to do another type of tournament for uh, Halloween. And so uh, we started the first Halloween Madness and uh, we raised over $30,000 for Hunter 7 Foundation. And then we did it again the next March. And then we did it again the next October. And all told over the last couple of years, we've raised over $160,000 for veteran charities directly back to our community. And so every time I kind of was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, cut this page and, uh, you know, I'm done doing this and, uh, you know, it's taking too much of my time, whatever else. I started realizing the huge impact we were having. And then something funny happened along the way that I wasn't expecting. And that was the amount of people um, who would reach out because I was anonymous in DMs uh, who would reach out and want to talk about uh, the the things that I was trying to advocate for, which were proactive mental health uh, check-ins and, and uh, proactive physical health and all the things that we talk about in the preservation of the force and family, which I happen to be running that global program, uh, you know, $100 million a year program uh, to provide physical, uh, spiritual, cognitive psychological and social and family resources to our 70,000 people around the world. And so I was making some of these memes in, a, in and amongst all of the uh, kind of funny military and SF humor. I was making some of these memes about, hey, you know, it's okay to go get checked out and seek health, you know, mental health care, or it's okay uh, in the spiritual sense as a believer myself, hey, this is a great foundation to be able to build upon to have faith in a creator who uh, will sustain you and who will uh, shepherd you through this uh, very arduous life that we live. And all of a sudden I started having people uh, that, you know, were willing to have conversations uh, with me as an anonymous meme page that they probably wouldn't have had if they knew I was a Sergeant Major in the Army. Um, they knew I was, or at least believed I was a special forces guy. I was a Green Beret. And that was enough for them to be like, oh, that's cool. Let me reach out to this guy. And I realized I was able to positively influence and make an impact on a ton of people um, that I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to. And although some of them weren't directly in my formation as a senior enlisted leader, I mean, that's what the Army and the DOD pay me to do is to counsel people, to try to take care of people as a senior enlisted leader. So I realized that it was another calling that I hadn't expected. And I started having people that, uh, you know, would come to faith in the Lord and be baptized over these conversations that we would have or would give, uh, you know, spiritual and, and religion another chance just because they'd had, you know, negative impact or negative, uh, you know, experience in the past. Or like, like I said, I've had people that have come back and said, hey, I was able to go and raise my hand and go into substance abuse counseling that I probably wouldn't have done if we wouldn't have had these conversations. Or, hey, I started seeing a psych and working through some of my PTSD stuff uh, because of the conversations we had. And so it really cemented to me uh, how um, amazing an influence tool and an opportunity I was given uh, to be able to try to make an impact. All the things that I said I want to do with this, uh, learn from others uh, with this podcast, I realized that this silly uh, Instagram page where I was making jokes back and forth uh, with a lot of really cool other people across you know different uh, military specialties, I realized like it was a community that although it was uh, you know probably probably not the cleanest jokes on earth all the time, and uh, some of them might have been a little offensive here and there. Uh, it was really a force for good uh, and, a, and a great impact. So if you're here from the uh, Mill Meme community, yeah, it's me. I've been the guy behind uh, another 
SF meme page for the last three years. And uh, it's been a really cool opportunity that I would have never thought I would do. Uh, but it's fun to be able to have that camaraderie, especially after leaving a team, to be able to have that fun again with these kids all the way from young rangers all the way up to you know retired guys and folks from all across the spectrum, whether they were civilian, whether they were traditional military or in special operations. And what I realized towards the end of my career when I had this opportunity was that I had a finger on the pulse of different special operations units that I would have never had as just the POTIF senior enlisted leader. So there were opportunities for me to identify issues and take care of them from the high level that my real job was uh, giving me uh, because I had the opportunity to see down into some of these formations that I never would have gotten the opportunity uh, to have a lens into. So it was a very cool, very cool opportunity. And I plan to keep the uh, page running, uh, have some more fun jokes, and hopefully be able to engage more now that I'm revealing, uh, you know, my true identity. Um, so the last thing I want to talk about is, uh, you know, why I wanted to partner with the Green Beret Foundation, right? Uh, you know, I mentioned that I did a podcast for SOCOM called Softcast. It was the official podcast of SOCOM. Uh, it was a great opportunity. I got to do it for almost 60 episodes. We got to become uh, fairly popular, uh, you know, which was uh, surprising. Uh, you know, it took a lot of um, maneuvering to get through the red tape to be able to release a podcast because it was the first one that had ever been done from the official uh, SOCOM headquarters. And uh, once we did it, we realized we were onto something uh, when in the same week I had people from Congress, sitting Congress people, uh, emailing me, talking to me about one of the episodes and on my secret, on my sipper, um, computer, you know, our secret network, I had, uh, a young E5 from Ranger Regiment who was a mortar team leader in Ranger Regiment. And as I said earlier, there's some, uh, there's always some, uh, you know, kind of back and forth and rivalry between, uh, different parts of special operations. Uh, but this young ranger reached out to me and said, hey, Sergeant Major, um, I don't know if anybody else is listening to this podcast, uh, but my mortar uh, team is listening to this down in Ranger Regiment. Like we put it on in the cage every time we're in there cleaning weapons. And I think it's a great opportunity for my young dudes to learn about some of the things that are happening at the higher level and to hear it from other professionals. So we realized we were onto something. If we could capture you know, people that were listening all the way from the halls of Congress, all the way down into the team rooms and the squad bays uh, of special operations, we knew we were onto something. And it was an awesome opportunity to be able over the course of several years to be able to talk to some amazing individuals, Medal of Honor recipients, uh, people at the highest level, four-star generals, all the way down to folks that were anonymous that had just come out of Ukraine, right? And those are the types of people stories that I hope to uh, capture and hope to be able to shine uh, an awesome light on here with Prep for Impact. You know, we we have the opportunity as I came out from that, I had a lot of people reach out and be interested in whether I would partner with them on a podcast, uh, right? And um, I turned a lot of those down or really didn't didn't engage with a lot of those until the Green Beret Foundation uh, came to me and said, hey, we think this would be a match made in heaven. 
You know, the things that you want to advocate for are the same things that we want to advocate for. Uh, a lot of our programs nest well. You know, we talk a lot about transition and next ridge line. We talk a lot about taking care of our guys and gals um, medically, um, you know, uh, and and taking care of them, whether that's an immediate need as soon as they're injured and, and surging. You know, the Green Beret Foundation has a package that they surge to someone as they're medevaced out of country, um, all the way to some of these sustained medical issues that we're having and trying to sponsor um, advocacy on the Hill for that, but also advocacy in uh, getting people the help they need right away. And so, I, uh, I will say it's personal to me because in the last couple of years of my career, I realized that I had, uh, I guess I got to back up and talk about I, a lot of injury history that I had over the course of my career. I've had four spinal or four neck surgeries, one lower back surgery, a shoulder surgery, a bunch of different injuries, right? Over the course of my career, it's what ultimately made me uh, decide to retire at 20 years and six months, as opposed to staying in and continuing up sort of the uh, trajectory I was on as a senior enlisted leader. I realized as I came down here to SOCOM after my second neck surgery, uh, I thought I was doing better. I was rehabbing, doing all those things, and I started having a ton of pain. And I realized that, uh, you know, I went to the doctor and realized that I had had five, six, six, seven, and my neck fused. Five and six had fused and six and seven hadn't fused. So there was uh, movement there. So we had to go in and do a third neck surgery. And uh, again, at this point, I was like, okay, I'm going to rehab from this and I'm going to go back to seventh group and I'm going to continue to lead as a senior enlisted leader, as a sergeant major um, and continue in and, and stay as long as I possibly can because I've loved this regiment and I love um, serving. And unfortunately, after a year of rehabbing that one, that surgery didn't work either. And so I had to have a fourth neck surgery. And what I realized is that through uh, the chronic pain at that point of about 12 years of chronic pain and having twice a week physical therapy uh, for over 10 years, once I decided that it was time that maybe God was telling me I needed to do something else, I was very concerned that I was going to go from all of these resources that we had at POTIF uh, all of these physical therapists and all these different things. And all of a sudden I was going to retire and I was going to have none of it. And I was very concerned about whether I was going to be able to uh, have quality of life and be able to live a successful life afterwards. And so I reached out to the care coalition and uh, some of the benevolent organizations. And I asked if I could get a manual therapy device that cost about $2,000. And, uh, the Green Beret Foundation was the first ones to raise their hand and say, hey, we'll buy it for you. Um, you know, no strings attached. Uh, we got your back. This episode is brought to you by the 1952 Society. Your support is crucial to the Green Beret Foundation's efforts to improve the U.S. Army Special Forces community. In joining the 1952 Society, you are directly impacting Green Berets, their families, survivors, and caregivers with supplemented support not covered by the U.S. DOD or the Department of the VA. Through a monthly recurring donation, you can help the Foundation meet the increasing needs of the regiment. Take the first step and join the 1952 Society today at greenberetfoundation.org society. So unfortunately, within the Special Forces community, suicide has become an epidemic. And suicide prevention is something that we all want to take part in. And it's not just clicking through some slides 
uh, on a suicide prevention brief. The Greenberry Foundation stood up Andy's fund directly to try to address some of the underlying concerns like chronic pain, TBI, PTSD, that previously weren't supported in suicide prevention programs. To learn more, please visit greenburyfoundation.org slash Andy's Fund. You know, I had always been a supporter of the Green Beret Foundation. Obviously, they are from our community and they, um, you know, represent us and they, they do a lot of good for our community. Uh, but it got personal for me when they were willing to step in. You know, it was something that at the time I couldn't afford. And uh, I was very concerned about whether I was going to be able to uh, how I was going to be able to live when I retired. And uh, they picked it up. And that meant a lot to me. So when they came back to me uh, about potentially doing this podcast, I knew not only do uh, do our missions align in a lot of senses, but I also knew that they uh, put their money where their mouth is and that they do a lot of good in our community. So I'm super excited to be able to shine a light on the Green Berets as a whole. Uh, you know, I think uh, some of our other soft tribes have a little bit more um, marketing behind them. And there are unfortunately a lot of people who don't understand the amazing uh, skill and the amazing uh, cultural expertise and the the mission of the Green Berets of working with partner forces and understanding the language and the culture and and living in and amongst the the uh, the host nation and getting them to fight for their country and to and to fight against the bad guys not just to have American boots on the ground and all of the intricacies that that takes of negotiation and everything else. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't know what a Green Beret does and they don't understand uh, the amazing men and women that are out putting their uh, putting their lives on the line across not just Afghanistan and Iraq, but across the whole uh, you know world at all different varying levels of uh, of combat. Everything from completely permissive and a peace nation that we're friends with all the way to. Uh, a hot shooting war. Uh, Green Berets are engaged in every different uh, corner of the world, in every different level of escalation of force. And, uh, you know, so I part of what we hope to, to get from this is to shine just a small light, again, quiet, professional, but not silent, shine a little bit of a light on the amazing people that we have and the amazing missions that Green Berets are doing day in and day out. Uh, without giving anything, uh, any information to the enemy, but also an opportunity to shine a light on what the Green Beret Foundation does for our community and to be able to hopefully have some folks that are inspired by hearing about special forces and about what the Green Beret Foundation is doing to fill some of the needs so that they go to and uh, go to the Green Beret Foundation and are willing to sign up and support that mission and give some of their money to be able to take care of our amazing Green Berets, uh, both past and present, uh, as they are still dealing with um, the 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 aftermath of the wars, obviously, in global war on terrorism and 20 years of, of two wars, but also all the way back into Vietnam, where the Green Berets really uh, earned their uh, stripes and really came to prominence was in the uh, in the jungles and the wars and the A camps of Vietnam. And we still have, uh, you know, Green Berets that are fighting through the long lasting effects of that all the way through Panama and Grenada and all of the different, uh, you know, uh, Somalia and just so many different places that they have, uh, the Green Berets have been engaged in the past. 
uh, all the way through to, to today in the Pacific theater and all the way through Syria and so many different countries and a lot of places that you would never know that we have Americans uh, engaged in helping the local populace. So, um, you know, if you're interested in learning more about the Green Beret Foundation, I we will be talking about different parts of what they do throughout different episodes of this podcast. But I encourage you to go check out the Green Beret Foundation, go to their website, hit on missions and see some of the different things that they do between taking care of Green Berets and their families on immediate needs through some of the health concerns, through the veteran service or VSO um, uh, advocates that they've now placed at each one of the active duty groups and all the way into some of the transition resources, whether somebody does six years or whether they do 36 years. The Green Beret Foundation is trying to help them get to that next ridge line to find purpose, to find passion, to find a new, uh, you know, a new passion to, to go after in uh, the post Green Beret timeframe. You've got amazing people and we want that talent to come back into the citizenry uh, of, the, of the United States. Um, so what you can expect from this show, we're gonna have a lot of amazing guests. We've got, uh, as you can see, we batched the first several episodes all at one time, uh, but we're gonna, I'm going to have an awesome opportunity to have conversations with amazing people. You're going to be able to gain something from their perspective and from some of the comparison and contrasting of special forces career, special forces, um, you know, multiple combat tours, a ton of time doing different things in Central and South America and comparing, comparing and contrasting that with people from all walks of lives that are high performing and high character. Uh, and again, if you are interested in following along with this project, uh, you know, if you, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, wherever it is, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, go ahead and give us a five-star review on any of those platforms so that other folks can find it. If you know of somebody that you think one of these episodes would be valuable uh, to them in their maturation and their learning, hey, shoot it over to them uh, and tell them why you found it uh, so interesting. And if you're on YouTube watching us right now, make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit that little bell so that you get notified every time we post a new episode. Uh, go ahead and give us a thumbs up and comment. It really does help the algorithm for other folks to be able to find the show. Again, plug to go check out the Green Beret Foundation. If you're interested in supporting the mission, there's a lot of ways to give, but there's an interesting new way to give, which is called the 1952 Society. So it's an opportunity for you to sign up for monthly donations that are recurring, but you get some access into some other content and some other things. Not only do you get some gifts from them, but you get access into some cool content that's going to happen over the next year where you get either uh, early access to content or you might get content that no one else gets. Uh, so really awesome opportunity to support an organization that is supporting people, again, Green Berets past, present, and into the future. So really awesome opportunity. And if you want to laugh, if you want an opportunity to have some of that fun, some of that camaraderie, have some of those jokes in uh, in the Mill Meme community, you can always go follow another SF Meme page on Instagram. Uh, and again, I'm excited for this. This is going to be an incredible opportunity. I found so much value in SoftCast. It was something that I never would have thought I would do. If you would ask me five years ago if I was ever going to be on a podcast, I wouldn't have thought I would be a podcast guest, much less as a host. In the grand scheme of the SF Regiment, I am a nobody. We have such amazing people who have done such heroic and amazing things. My 20 years of service is a 
is a raindrop in a monsoon because there are so many amazing people. But once I started being able to host Softcast and find out how much value we could get from having some of these conversations with other people, I was hooked. And that's why I'm excited to bring Prep for Impact, a new fa- a new podcast from the Green Beret Foundation to all of you. Hit us up on social media. Check us out. Go ahead and subscribe, rate it, send it to your friends and family, comment so that others can find it. And thanks for listening to this first episode of Prep for Impact from the Green Beret Foundation. Thanks for listening to another episode of Prep for Impact. Just as a reminder, everything you heard on this episode and every episode of Prep for Impact are just the opinions of the speakers, whether that's the host or the guest, and they're not the official position of either the Green Beret Foundation, their employers, the Department of Defense, or anyone else. And with that disclaimer in mind, I want to take a quick second to give you my opinion on the best way to prep for impact. Across my life, whether it was as a Green Beret or personally, I found no more secret weapon than to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, my Savior, and to walk His path rather than mine. And so if you're curious about that, or if you ever want to talk, my DMs are always open. Thanks for listening to Prep for Impact.